Traveling for a yoga retreat is sort of like going to a friend's birthday party with a piñata. When the piñata breaks open, there is all sorts of stuff that comes out. Most likely, though, you are bound to walk away from the piñata, or at least to scramble on the ground to get the goods, with some things you like. Yoga retreats bring many different types of people together. We all attend for various reasons. Maybe our teacher is the one who's leading the retreat. Maybe we need a change in our lives, so we travel someplace hoping for a spark of inspiration. No matter what your reason is, you meet all sorts of people. I've been extremely lucky in my yoga travels to have met some incredible people. If you are lucky enough, you leave with some amazing new friendships. Danielle Begg lives in Mosman, New South Wales, Australia. Mosman sits just inside the entrance to Sydney Harbour. Australia in general has always captivated my attention. I did numerous dioramas on geography or animals throughout elementary school, and Danielle was the first real thing I had met from Australia. Danielle is immediately friendly and seemed to always be laughing, smiling, and talking to everyone the whole time we were in Costa Rica in 2019. It's no surprise that she is making a huge impact on the world through yoga, and more specifically through her co-creation of the Yoga Impact Charity. I'm a true believer in the impact that a proper yoga practice can have on one's life. So as I have learned more about Danielle's work, she has continued to inspire me. I'm so excited to connect with Danielle again today, and I cannot wait to have her share her story with all of you. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Oh, hi, Tyler. That's such a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. I'm really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, as, as I typically do when we start, if you wouldn't mind, can you just sort of describe for the people that are listening kind of the setting where you are and just to give them some sort of connection with you literally halfway across the world? <laughs> yeah. So I am I'm in a suburb called Mossman in Sydney. Australia, which is uh, it's kind of a quiet, leafy suburb. There's lots of trees and beautiful bushwalks, and it also sits um, at, at a lovely, quiet, calm beach. Um, so I'm just a couple of minutes up from from the beach, and I'm looking out at the trees um, and a few birds sitting in the in the trees, some rainbow lorikeets. Um, so yeah, it's a really beautiful spot. I'm really lucky to be here. Oh, it sounds amazing. I have sort of a guilty pleasure of watching um, YouTube channels of people sailing around the world. And there have been a number of them that have um, either ended in, in Australia, like Sydney specifically, or have sort of passed through. And it just, it looks absolutely remarkable. It, it really is. And uh, next time you, you guys are looking for a, a destination, come on and, and have a stay here because it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I know you'll love it. Yeah, I have no doubt. It was um, trying to coordinate this with you was really the first time, I think, because I, I thought about this a lot. As we were trying to figure out a time that worked, it was, well, okay, so it would be seven o'clock my time or nine o'clock your time. So Sunday for me, Monday for you. And that I know that obviously there's different time zones around the world and we have the international dateline, but it's never actually occurred to me that to some people I'm living in the past and <laughs> other people to me are living in the future. It was a very bizarre realization and I'm almost 42 and that just hit me when we were kind of trying to coordinate this. It's, it's really wild. It's mind blowing, right? Yeah. And like I, I kind of forget about it as well. And then when I'm chatting to someone like you, I'm like, oh gosh, we really are so far away from these other parts of the world. And yeah. it just really feels so different, doesn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, even when I've traveled to say Italy, so Italy is, I don't know, seven hours maybe ahead of us. That, I mean, fine, that was seven hours, but it it wasn't, I guess at some point it's a day ahead, but I mean, not like you are, you know, I mean, you're, ha you're <laughs> over half a day ahead of where I'm sitting in Syracuse, New York, recording this podcast. So it was just completely wild. So, um, so we met in 2019, in December of 2019, 
right before a lot of things happened in the world. So can mm-hmm. you just um, maybe give a brief background on what brought you to Costa Rica and um, the yoga retreat specifically? Yeah, yeah. It was such an interesting time, wasn't it? Looking back in particular. Yeah. Um, I I really love Costa Rica. Um, I think it was my third visit um, when I came on that retreat and met you guys. And it reminds me a lot of kind of where I grew up um, in Queensland in Australia, um, particularly kind of the northern part of it with the animals and the flowers. And mm. um, yeah, and I obviously love kind of warm climates. And I think um, what I love about Costa Rica is um, the diversity of animals and um, plants and I just think it's such a you know it's teeming with life everywhere you right. look there's just interesting beautiful things and um, yeah I was first kind of drawn to Costa Rica when I was traveling around um, Central and South America um, kind of doing some exploration and um, taking some time out considering what I want to do with my life and um, it's been kind of a really um, a really healing environment for me to come to at different points in my life. And so at the end of 2019, I was kind of seeking a bit of time out again, um, mm. some space for reflection and um, thinking about what was ahead, <laughs> um, which obviously you could never right. plan oh, for, especially man. at the end right. of 2019. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of using that time to, um, <laughs> to really think about the years ahead and, and also to connect in with um, community as well and to connect in, as you said, like to come on retreat and you never know who you're going to meet or where they're going to be from or the things that they're going to be doing. And I find that um, really inspiring and invigorating for me, connecting with a global community of people Mm. who are really aligned and, you know, different lifestyles but kind of aligned in values and um, I really uh, was seeking to connect um, with some interesting people and also just have some space in a beautiful environment. Yeah, it is really a remarkable country. I always say to people that I mean, it just, you get off the airplane and even if you get off in San Jose, which is definitely much busier than, you know, say Liberia, which is closer to where we met in Nosara. Uh, but even mm. when you get off in San Jose and, and you walk out of the airport and it's like busy and bustling, there's still just something about the country and the people that just sort of like wraps its arms around you and Mm -hmm. you just sort of take your first breath and you're like, you just kind of let go without realizing it. And you just let Costa Rica do what Costa Rica is going to do. And it just nourishes you. And it's, it's really an, an incredible country. It is, isn't it? I love that description that you said, and it really is kind of like a big warm hug, like from yeah. the air when you get out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Lovely. Now, where is Queensland in relation to where you live now? So it's about an hour and a half um, flying um, okay. uh, north. So it's just kind of warmer and a bit more tropical, a bit more laid back. Um, yeah, a bit more of the Costa Rica, Rica vibe. Sydney's kind of. A um, bit, bit bigger of a city and um, still absolutely gorgeous, mm. um, but a bit more people, a bit more built up. It's amazing to me the differences that Australia has based on the different parts of the country, you know, like kind of the northern part, and then you got the western. It's like, as I, again, as I've been watching these videos, which I presume to be real life. Um, it's it's really amazing and remarkable to wa- to see just how drastically different all of Australia is. Mm, and it's so big as well. You know, you can be kind of driving for days and exploring and, uh, and as you say, kind of moving through like radically different um, parts. And it's, yeah, it's a really beautiful, diverse place. And um, I think... You know, if you've ever met an Australian, um, you know, they probably tell you they quite like traveling and exploring. Um, we're kind of, kind of used to, um, moving around to see different things, um, being in a country like this where, uh, you know, you have to sometimes drive for a couple of hours to get somewhere new or different. Um, and, you know, for me at least, I kind of grew up 
traveling a lot around Australia. Um, and that kind of inspired my travel for later on, I guess, as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. So you have done, I mean, really a fair amount of traveling, um, both kind of through school and all of that. So where are some of the places that you've, that you've been and lived and kind of what, what sort of took you to some of those places? Mm, I think, um, I was really, I was lucky when I was in, um, primary school that my parents, my parents, um, they run a not-for-profit and they were doing that kind of then as well. And um, my dad was on a, a study tour and got to explore um, the US and Europe. Um, and so I was really lucky um, that when I was in primary school, I kind of had this idea of the world being bigger than um, mm. just Australia, um, which was really good to know because, I mean, especially back then, everything seemed really far away and unreachable and disconnected. and. So, um, you know, to have that experience of being able to connect and experience different ways of living in different people um, was really helpful. And, yeah, later in life, um, when, I, um, when I was studying, I, I kind of um, was living and working in Australia initially um, and I was exploring kind of a certain track with my life, um, had a psych undergrad for my study and um, I was working for our Prime Minister here um, giving kind of government advice. Oh, wow. And <laughs> Yeah, so really different to what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, um, you know, after a kind of a few years of doing that, um, kind of really, I guess, took refuge in um, other parts of the world as I was kind of contemplating um, what was my purpose? What am I here to do? Um, how how can I show up in the world in a way that um, you know inspires my spirit and and enables me to do good things uh, and do meaningful work? And um, one of the things that I did was uh, to study a master's in Oxford in England. Um, and I was just I was going there for a year, but then ended up staying in England for five years um, in London after that and it was such a spacious time because uh, while I was studying uh, the masters I didn't need to be thinking about work or how I was Mm -hmm. earning money and it just was this beautiful time where I could read a lot of different books and explore different philosophies and meet different people from all over the world with different ideas about how you could live your life and it was just such an inspiring time and the environment was inspiring too. Oxford as a um, as a place was very inspiring also and London as well. Um, and I think as well I had the opportunity while I was in Oxford and London to use that as a base to travel to other parts of the world that were a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Um, even America was so much closer than it was uh, <laughs> to Australia. Half the distance. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so really um, being able to explore Europe and America and um, Central and South America as well and Canada um, was really uh, just felt amazing to be able to soak up a lot of different inspiring environments mm-hmm. but also people and just hear about the different ways that I I could potentially live myself and just – um, get some inspiration about that in the next phase of my life. Um, yeah, I look, I look back, and I've said this multiple times in episodes of this podcast, but it seems like a lot of time, maybe, I think this is starting to change, but you saw Americans not really like traveling outside of America very much, but you would see it a lot, especially with Europeans, where you know, they would come here, they would travel to other countries, you know, in Europe or Asia and really, you know, drastically shifting, I think their, I think maybe not in every case, but their view of, of what the world actually is. You know, I look back at my, you know, myself now, because part of the reason why I started the podcast was I, I wanted to surround myself with, you know, more inspiration and light and, you know, people that were, you know, trying to chase or were chasing their dreams and really kind of doing all of that work. But I look back when I was, 
you know, younger in college. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I really had the courage to do that sort of stuff. So it's, you know, really amazing to me when I talk to people, you know, like, like your story where you were introduced to that through your parents, which is incredible and such a unique opportunity, but then you carried that through, uh, you know, to continue to explore and see more and more of the world. So, you know, I think I would have to guess that that had a big impact on kind of how you developed your life as an adult. Is that correct? It definitely did. And like talking about courage, I would never have had the courage to take the steps that I took in terms of my life journey and the things that I wanted to do in the world if I hadn't have had the opportunity to have my horizons broadened mm-hmm. by meeting other people doing the same thing and also seeing it work out for them. And obviously, you know, everyone goes through different challenges and trials, but um, seeing people kind of walk that path um, and seeing alternative ways of living and showing up uh, and just uh, having my, uh, my soul kind of infused creatively as well with that was just such an, uh, a life-changing experience and I'm I'm not sure I would have had the courage to do that um, had I not been exposed to uh, a lot of um, different people in different places and different ideas Uh, and I had kind of models for um, alternative ways of thinking and doing. Yeah now what is it that sort of led you in the path of you know psychology and sort of this is a really big question, but kind of to where you are, you know, where you are now in the creation of the Yoga Impact Charity. Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I feel like psychology was about, for me, um, understanding the nature of being and consciousness and kind of all of those um, broader questions that uh, have a lot to do with yoga as well. And um, when I was drawn to psychology, I didn't know anything about yoga. You know, it wasn't something I'd been exposed to in my world growing up. There wasn't a lot of it where I grew up and it wasn't really a thing. Um, and so psychology was kind of the natural direction for me to move in. Um, and I was also really interested in, once I learned about psychology, how I could um, affect change in a meaningful way at a macro level, how, how could I make things better for people in the world, not just at an individual level as a psychologist would do, but in terms of government policy or, um, you know, how could we run things a little more kindly and fairly and compassionately? And so that was kind of drawing me in the direction of government. Um, but then when I was in England and kind of, studying and again and after I've been working for a while kind of taking a study break and doing a lot of reading and practicing yoga and meditation um, I started to um, reflect on why I was doing the things I was doing and how I was showing up and how I could potentially shift that um, in, in a better way and I also allowed myself being exposed to lots of different people and different ways of life um, to um, dream a little more and to be a bit braver in the kinds of explorations of what was possible and for my future. And I found myself, uh, of course, being increasingly drawn to um, yoga, but also this fusion of yoga with psychology and at the time, there was this explosion of, of evidence. Bessel van der Kolk had just written uh, The Body Keeps the Score and there was kind of all of this evidence coming out about why yoga was really helpful for people um, who'd experienced trauma and what the linkages were between yoga and psychology. And that really inspired me, but I kind of didn't know what to do about that. And I kind of sat on that for a couple of years um, being um, a little uncertain about what direction to walk in. But while I was doing that, um, I just thought, well, um, I've been reading a lot of kind of Joseph Campbell and Follow Your Bliss. And so I thought, well, why don't I just start volunteering in places that 
um, make my heart feel really full and mm. why don't I just begin to, um, you know, have my life, you know, the way that it is but begin to give more time and energy in the direction of what I like. And so uh, I started volunteering at a place in London that was sharing yoga with refugee women and I got to see the impact of the classes on the women and I felt so inspired doing that. And so that then led to me exploring more about that and why it was having the impact that it was having. And uh, I started reading a lot more about it and then I started to volunteer with a couple of other organisations. And um, when I came back to Australia, I then um, became interested and curious about how I could potentially continue exploring that path and I was really lucky to uh, connect with an organization called the Vasudhara Foundation and I was talking to them about this idea of sharing yoga um, with refugee women and with other people who'd experienced trauma and the power of yoga to heal um, particularly um, when practiced in certain ways and um, they uh, offered some support for me to do that and to walk that path and uh, they offered some financial support for me to set up a pilot program with organisations here in Sydney to do that and to evaluate it and they offered um, strategic advice for me to set up the charity and um, I'm talking about all of this as if it all kind of happened in a few weeks. This has kind of happened over, <laughs> over many years. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of thanks to that time that I'd spent where I felt like I was doing nothing, um, but actually so much was happening underneath. And mm. then I was ready for a, quite a big shift in my life when I came back home. You've mentioned a couple of times um, that, at I mean, you the, at least two that I can pick up on, but there's been a few times in your life where you've sort of found time to pause and reevaluate and kind of sit back and look at what what isn't filling you up right now and and try to determine things a, d- a different course in your life to sort of direct um and and invite better energy in what mm-hmm. are what are some of the like how, what has some of your process been as you've started to do that i mean you just mentioned you know, you, you opened up and you went to start volunteering in certain places and stuff like that. But what has sort of the process been as you've taken a look at those parts of your life to then make the shift going forward? Mm, that's such a good question, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you, you really hit the nail on the head. Like for me, those times to pause uh, and reflect and also open to new energy um, have just been really pivotal um, when I look back. And I think for me, um, some of the things that I like to do to start that process um, might be um, to get kind of a bunch of different books um, so that I can, you know, maybe have my mind open to a few new ideas. Um, uh, but also to put myself in a situation uh, where I can be open and practice being open in a safe way. And so that might be um, a really healing environment or a beautiful place that's kind of really connected to nature. Mm. Um, but also, and this is why Costa Rica was such a great place for me to do this on the yoga retreat, um, you know, a, a, an environment where there, or, there are also kind of really um, aligned people doing the same thing, people who... Uh, are living their lives uh, in a really conscious, reflective way and are seeking to kind of live their best life and mm. and do it in a way that's serving the world around them. Um, and, yeah, because there's so much um, support in being around aligned people as well. Um, and sometimes I think you know, in the day-to-day, it can be kind of easy to lose sight of the bigger picture of of what you're doing and why. And so I find it really helpful to kind of recharge in that way Mm. um, by kind of allowing myself to 
feel safe in the environment and feel inspired by people around me and ideas um, from books as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. That's great advice and process to follow. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't realize um, kind of the energy that gets around us, you know, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the frenetic pace of a busy street or a group of people, um, you know, even like certain animals, plants, whatever it may be, believe it or not, you know, we, and before it kind of happens before you know it, like you, you, you get, you get caught up in either negativity or, um, you know, I mean, even you can, you think of like the energy when you are with a group of friends and you're on like a beautiful beach and every, you know, that energy, it's, mm. it, it happens all around us. And I think a lot of times we don't realize what's actually happening, you know, what it is that's, mm. that's affecting us and, and dragging us down. Um, mm. So it's interesting, you know, I think your, your point about kind of surrounding yourself either in places or people that um, kind of soothe you and support you and, and mm. you know, maybe even inspire you is really powerful. Yeah, I think you're so right. That's such a beautiful way of articulating it, Tyler. And um, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that um, when you are kind of in, when you shift the environment, you can shift everything. But sometimes when you are kind of stuck in, you know, in some negativity or um, or other stuff, um, the last thing you, you want to do is take a pause because you feel like, oh, I'm not going to be doing anything or what a right. waste of time or right. I just need to keep going in this space. Yeah. And, uh, it's such a good reminder, isn't it? Totally. Um, that the power of the pause. I think it, you know, as a, as a yoga teacher, and I'd be curious to kind of hear your, like your feeling on this, but, you know, I'm, when I, when I go to teach yoga class, it's, you know, nor, my normal class is at the end of the day, it's at the end of my work day and I've got to leave work early to, to get there to teach it. And there's a lot of days where I'm just tired and I just, I want to go yeah. home or, you know, I want to go whatever, do any number of things. But when I get, when I get there and I, I'm in class, it's, I would say 90% of the time it's, I'm like, Oh, I'm so happy that I'm here. And I say that to my students, like, Thank you. Thank you for being here for the practice, for just embracing like the quiet, the breathing, the people around you. But every so often you get people that, uh, that come to class with just with other stuff and there's no judgment on what they're bringing. We're all coming and, you know, and, and we're all bringing different things. And the majority of the time when I start my class, I, you know, I, we take maybe five minutes and whether it's sitting up meditating or just lying on our back breathing just to kind of let go. But, you know, the, it's, it's amazing. I'm bringing this back to the energy part of things. But when you get some people in class that are bringing some pretty heavy stuff, whether it's, you know, just as simple as their work day or it's as heavy as, you know, like a, an actual uh, like deep traumatic event that it, that is just deeply rooted within them. As a yoga teacher, it's maybe the other students don't notice it, but it's amazing the effect that that can have on kind of where your attention goes, and um, you know maybe even how you might uh, voice your instructions to the class or even structure the class at that point. And so, kind of leading into the work you do with with teaching, you know, teachers how to better handle that. Um, you know, what is sort of the what do you sort of see and how are you guiding, you know, other yoga teachers and other people around you to sort of navigate that sort of energy that we might have around us from other people, whether it's in yoga class or anywhere that we go? Yeah, that's such a great question. I love all of your questions. <laughs> um, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, that experience. Of, of energy in the class and, and I really resonate with what you said where uh, you know there's all this stuff going on um, outside of the class but then once you get there it just fills your cup up yeah. so much doesn't it yeah um, absolutely yeah 
it, it's just uh, really it's an, an amazing thing. Um, and in terms of um, the kinds of things that we're sharing, in terms of uh, sharing with teachers on how you can hold space for different things um, that show up in the class, we kind of weave uh, some techniques from the psychological world and the somatic therapy world um, about um, how you can shift the nervous system in particular um, so that it can come back into a regulated state because so much of the time um, a lot of that um, that kind of weird energy um, can be coming from um, this chronic nervous system activation that mm-hmm. someone doesn't even realize um, that they're kind of stuck in an on state. Um, and, um, you know, of course we all um, experience uh, challenges in our world, but for people who've had, you know, a really traumatic life experience or even if they've had that early in life um, and kind of not known any other way of being if they're kind of stuck in this chronic activation, um, it can be really healing to experience a shift, you know, to the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest state. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're not the kind of person who experiences that state often in your life, that can be transformative. And even being able to offer that um, to somebody for a few minutes at the end of class um, can really um, have impact on and off the map because if you provide education about um, specific techniques and the impact of the technique, so for instance, did you know that if you breathe in a smooth and even way that you're stimulating your parasympathetic nervous system and you can shift your state from this fight flight to a more relaxed and calm Mm -hmm. state? Um, Even just by sharing that information, I've had kind of lots of people share with me um, that that's been really helpful in their lives and they didn't know that about themselves or their body and that, you know, when they're fighting with the kids or they're stuck in traffic and when they kind of catch themselves <laughs> on, um, you know, they've got some tools to to shift that. Um, and so kind of the first aspect of our approach is um, sharing with teachers techniques that you can kind of build in um, and also ways you can recognize when someone may be carrying some trauma and um, some of the techniques you might want to avoid that could kind of exacerbate that and make Mm -hmm. it worse. Um, But also some of the things that you can do yourself as a teacher holding space to kind of protect your energy uh, and protect your own nervous system and how you can kind of hold space for that um, because um, that's also really important too. Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting as as human beings how many of us um, won't approach um, other people, or you know, if if they see somebody that's struggling or not, you know, I mean, even if they're just passing somebody on the street, like I'll be out running, and I always, when I'm running, I always kind of make a little game to myself that you know, I always want to say hello and good morning to you know, at least five people, but, you know, as many as I can that I go by. Um, mm. It makes me feel good just to say like, hey, have a good day. But uh, I also, it's it's interesting because some people are like, oh, hey, good morning. And then others, no response. Like they barely acknowledge you. Um, you know, so mm. it's very interesting and it's, it's, it's a hard thing to navigate. I think it's, I don't really want to say more so now because I don't think it's, I don't think the last couple of years have necessarily changed it one way or the other, but it's it's hard as human beings to navigate other human beings, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And it's incredibly vulnerable as well. Like yeah. I'm just thinking about you on your run, um, saying hi to, to people and, and kind of getting that diversity of responses. And, you know, it's such a, a vulnerable thing to connect to other people not knowing what you're going to receive back. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, in, in a world, and I mean, maybe the last couple of years has definitely impacted this element in a world where, um, people kind of are in a more activated state or kind of have experienced a bit bit more stress and pressure, 
um, than than they might be used to carrying. Um, it definitely uh, limits people's ability to connect because, mm-hmm. of course, we know that stress and trauma, um, you know, biologically makes it really difficult to connect with other people. Um, and so kind of the more education and awareness we can or consciousness we can have about that process because I think intuitively we all know that. Um, but kind of to really unpack what that's about and how you can shift when you do recognize that patterning and that state, right. um, I think is useful for everybody. Yeah, I always use the example of, you know, when you're driving down the highway and somebody cuts you off or, you know, you instead of just letting them go, maybe you take off after them or you're in a parking lot and somebody takes your spot. You know, it's it's amazing to me, speaking of hanging on to things, the number of people that like that happens to and they just can't let it go. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I used to be one of those people. Like, if I, you know, when when I was driving, when I was younger, um, you know, it's just an awareness thing. And I I think you just touched on that. That it, we a lot of times we we just we don't really we don't have awareness about our our how we how we react to things and sort of the ripple effect of what that has for the rest of the world. Absolutely. So, and and even sometimes when we have that awareness, uh, how to relate to that in a compassionate way? Because you know, you mm. might have the awareness, but then you might feel really guilty about that or feel like you're a right. terrible person. But um, you know, to relate to that in a compassionate way and to understand, um, well, actually, you know, that's the fight flight response, or right. you know, this yeah. is the collapse response, or you know, that's actually a really natural. Um, part of being a human and, and this is what you can do to manage it rather than um, feeling guilty or um, like a bad person. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. So what is some of the other work that the Yoga Impact Charity does aside from the teacher trainings? Can you kind of give some more information on, on all of that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so um, the charity began with sharing yoga with refugees. Uh, who were healing from torture and trauma. And then um, we started to um, branch out into other areas with other people who've experienced trauma. So we also share yoga programs with um, people who are frontline healthcare workers. So that project began during COVID um, virtually. And um, also uh, survivors of domestic violence, uh, people who are in detention, um, people who are in the defence force, veterans. Um, we've recently started some mums and bubs classes. Um, so um, obviously, you know, we've all experienced Wait, trauma. Wait, there and, was, uh, I feel like there was an Australian term in there that I don't know. Mums and what? Oh, <laughs> bubs, <laughs> like what? little babies. <laughs> oh, bubs. Oh, see, <laughs> this is why I love talking to Australians and New Zealanders because I, I – like I I couldn't I couldn't pull that off, but I always love one of my favorites, and that is is you all call each other legend. Like you're like, oh, he's such a legend. Oh, I said that yesterday to someone. I wrote that in an email. Oh, I love yeah. I love I love that. Like there's just so many great terms that that exist. Um, so okay, um, well that that's really. That's that's amazing. How and so basically, are are you running those types of programs, or are you more um, like educating the yoga teachers and then helping them to sort of formulate from there? Yeah, so so both. So um, the charity provides um, these yoga classes at no cost, and mm-hmm. we partner with different. I mean, one of the one of the aims of the charity is to spread trauma-informed yoga with the people that need it most. Mm-hmm. But it's also to kind of raise awareness within the mainstream world of the benefits and the power of yoga yeah. and these techniques because a lot of the not-for-profits or partners that we work with, you know, some of them are right on it and they're like, yeah, this is great. Yoga is incredible. Thank you so much. Um, others are kind of like, I'm not sure how yoga is going to be helpful here. And so part of 
our role is to kind of educate the partners that we're working with, you know, schools, government and not-for-profit organisations about why yoga can be really healing um, and useful and that there's kind of a whole um, method to, um, that's, you know, backed up by a lot of research um, to what's being shared um, and that it can be really useful and impactful. And so we try and also do um, evaluations so that we kind of have really tangible results to mm. say to organisations, this is actually a thing and it's really useful. Because we had a lot of resistance initially with some organisations even wanting this program at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of one arm. And then the other arm is uh, the teacher trainings that we're doing as well. Um, and a lot of the kind of people that do the teacher trainings tend to be um, psychologists or social workers or teachers or counsellors or people kind of working in wow. a really aligned space but wanting to bring this into their organisation. Wow. I mean, it's just such – I mean, it's incredible work. You know, I my life drastically changed when I started doing yoga. And, you know, for a lot of years it was mm-hmm. just like physical practice. But then, you know, probably – Probably in 2019, um, you know, when we went on that retreat in Costa Rica was when, you know, that that was really kind of two pivotal points in my adult life. Both happened on yoga retreats. One was um, both in Costa Rica also, but, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the one where we met in 2019 was, um, it, I, I just came back from that and I was just like, it just was a whole new level of practice um Mm. you know i mean with you you can do so much with yoga without even doing a single posture and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times that's all we think about is just you know the physical the physical aspect of it rather than the real power of like like regular breath practice and just finding the pause in your day whether it's an hour or five minutes um you know, just the, the, the true impact that it can have on your life as well as the effect you have on the lives of the people around you. So it's really incredible what mm. you guys are doing with that. Well, thank you, Tyler. And I, I really love the way that, that you articulate that. You, you know, you don't need to do a single posture to be doing yoga. And it, it's just so much deeper than that, isn't it? And um, I love hearing that it was such a transformational time for you in Costa Rica as well and and wasn't that so needed just before, you know, everything shifted in yeah, 2019. Like, I, I, know, cool. I know. It really was. I mean, a lot of things, um, a lot of things actually shifted in my life. I started a new job not too long after that. And yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, a an interesting time. Um, you know, we look back on it, but how, how have things been in Australia? You know, it seems like things are starting to kind of open up and people seem to be traveling more. I know, um, I know it was, it was very real down there for you guys for a while. So how, how have things been going and, um, you know, are people starting to get out and travel again and and what's happening? They are. Um, it's, we're finding a really nice rhythm again now, which is, so wonderful and feels like such a relief after all the start stop um, and lockdowns and restricted travel. Um, so uh, it's it's really fantastic. I'm just kind of seeing friends going overseas for the first time mm. in, in a few years and things like that, which is just um, wonderful. And uh, it's really nice to, I mean, our teacher training, the first two that we did uh, were predominantly run online. Um, so this is the first one that we've done that will be offered in person from start to finish, which is just wild when oh, you think about it. That's going to be really exciting. Months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really nice to, um, to be where we are now, isn't it, after everything that's happened. It really is. I mean, we certainly don't take a lot of these things – for granted anymore. Um, you know, I mean, when we were back in Costa Rica, 
uh, when was it? La- in December, last December, I guess. Um, and we, we had last year, we went twice. We went in May and then in December. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, even though at the time you were still wearing masks on planes and, and all, it didn't, it didn't matter just to, just to be able, even if I had to do that for the rest of my life, just to be able to have the flexibility to, to travel and see so many, you know, places in the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, to, it didn't really bother me so much. I didn't, I didn't think while it was going on, you know, to have that taken away. But then Mm -hmm. when we were able to start doing it again, uh, you know, even we, we took a road trip to Maine, um, I guess it was, so we're 2022, uh, yeah, it was 2020. And that was when things, you know, there were still, it was, at least United States, it was sort of kind of state by state. Some states weren't letting other people from certain states in. It was kind of a whole thing, mm-hmm. like a little, a little, uh, mm-hmm. a little scary, but um, we, we took a trip to up to Maine, um, kind of in the, the far northeast corner of the United States. And, um, you know, just being able to take that road trip and, and get out to the ocean and it was just, it was outstanding. So you know, just um, a whole new level of appreciation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, I, and I, I'd also hope that sort of coming out of it, we all would have a little more, um, awareness of our impact on, on the world and the people around us. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that mm. that really set in as much as I think I had hoped it would, but, um, mm. that's just the way it goes. So sort of to wrap up here real quick. So, um, back to kind of Australia, what, in your opinion, <laughs> if, if somebody's going to visit Australia, what are, what are the three like top places can, even if they could fly from one end of the country to the other and it's not a problem, what, what would you say would be kind of your top three favorite it could be a, it could be as granular as just like your favorite restaurant. But what are the three things that you would say to somebody not to miss if they were to visit your your land? Oh, that's such a great question. I hope we can go <laughs> when when you and Tiffany visit. I hope we can do this. Um, the first one, um, I absolutely love um, Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Uh, I think it's just a really special part of the world. Um, People are really laid back. Uh, the marine life is incredible, and it's always just a magical um, place to visit. And I went there a couple of weeks ago, and so it's fresh in my mind. Oh man, <laughs> um, I really recommend that. And it's super warm and and lovely, uh, and in some ways similar to to Costa Rica as well. Um, and Sydney is of course really beautiful too because. Uh, you've got that mix of, you know, it's, it's a city and, and there's a number of people and it's kind of built up, but at the same time, it's um, it's full of beaches nearby and there's a lot of nature around in lots of the suburbs and bushwalks and things. So you can kind of access the best of both worlds, but um, in a really central location mm. and you can find really peaceful spots. Um, but still be super close to the city. Um, so I think that's that's pretty unique. Yeah, um, for sure. And again, you know, it has, has a has a pretty good vibe. Um, and then the third one's really difficult. Um, I actually am going to suggest Queensland again, um, but this one's kind of um, not as um, not as popular, maybe. But it's near where I grew up. Um, it's called the Sunshine Coast. Um, and uh, there's an area called Noosa, which is um, absolutely beautiful. Again, stunning beaches. Um, it's it's a lot quieter um, than kind of other, um, like kind of Byron Bay or maybe some of the um, beach spots that are a bit more well-known, mm-hmm. um, a bit more relaxed. Um, there's not much happening there. Um, and I go there every Christmas with my family. Yeah, it's really lovely. My parents live just near there at Mooloolaba and yeah, it's just absolutely gorgeous. So when you visit, I'd love to show you around. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely high on my list. You know, I, whether this happens or not, who knows, but I, I have this dream of, you know, taking off and sailing around the world someday and, um, you know, sailing into Sydney Harbor is definitely one of those, uh, 
I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna take off and do that, that's one of the stops you have to make when you're you know going around the world. So it's it's always a dream, but uh, but I'll I'll try to get there by plane first. That's probably the more feasible way to get there. So. Oh, well, yeah, if you make it by plane, we can do a sail on the Sydney Harbour. It'll be incredible. I'm oh, very excited man. about that All dream. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. So, uh, well, Danielle, thank you so much. It's, you know, we've we've corresponded periodically over the last few years, but it, it you know, for me, selfishly, it, it's been really nice to catch up with you uh, to do this. And I, I really, really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, I think the work you're doing is, I mean, it it's, it's truly inspiring because it's, you know, it's not something that all of us, you know, could easily do. And so for the work you're doing and the people that you all are training um, to, you know, to kind of carry on all of this, it's, it's so massively important. And, um, you know, it's something that I know you're very proud of, but, um, you know, you really, it, it's really incredible. So thanks for all that you do. Oh, thank you, Tyler, and thank you for being someone in my life that inspires me. I always love seeing your updates and catching up with you, and uh, I feel really lucky to be connected with you and to be a part of your journey, and I really appreciate catching up as well. Yeah, likewise. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon, but thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ohm Travelers. A huge thank you to Danielle for joining me. Make sure to find her at Danielle Beg and at Yoga Impact Charity. You can also find out more about the work they are doing at www.yogaimpactcharity.com. Thank you, as always, to Soul Rising for allowing us to use his song, The Journey, for our intro and outro. You can find him wherever you find music. Don't forget to visit our website, www.nostalgiachocolates.com, for the show notes and, of course, to grab as much chocolate as your shopping cart can handle. <laughs>